Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, I'm Nick DiMatteo and welcome to week 200. Yes, we've made it to 200 and video episode number 26 of... For T, the Thursday throwback track. Every week I take a release from my collection, I discuss it, I give you my take on it, I throw in some other things, and I talk about how it has influenced my music. This week, something very special. Let's give it a second. No, that's not just that song, and it's not just that song. This is a mix. Why? Because it is the opening track of the album, Breakdance. K-Tel special, and we'll get into a little more of that later. Uh, if you've been following along with these, you will know that I grew up with rap, uh, I, right alongside of it. When I was born, there were proto-rap songs, one-offs, and proto-rap artists like Gil Scott Heron. Throughout my uh, single digits, it was developing and growing and becoming a thing, mostly in the Bronx. By the time I hit my pre-teens, it was full-blown, and it took hold of me right before, like right pre-adolescence, let's say, songs like Apache Jump On It, uh, Planet Rock, Jam On It a little bit later, the Wiki Wiki song, Curtis Blow was probably my first uh, in terms of an artist that I really loved, the AJ Scratch and all that stuff, and then continued on, of course, with Run DMC and the Beastie Boys, and then on and on into the late 80s and the 90s and beyond and beyond and beyond. Um, it's been a part of my life since as far back as I can remember, sort of, really, or almost. Uh, and along with the music came the culture. The, the big sneakers with the fat laces that were laced in a certain way but not tied. I had those. I had several pairs of those. I was a Nike boy uh, because Nike, uh, my name, Nicholas, comes from the name goddess Nike, blah, blah, blah. This is my favorite. was my favorite sneaker. Um, in fact, uh, I wrote a song about it in the mid-80s. A friend of mine, he was a Vans person because Vans were used in the 80s, as they are now. Hey, what do you know? Uh, and it was called I Wear Nikes, Michael Wear Vans, and it was a rap song, right? Uh, but along with the sneaks, uh, parachute pants and those uh, shirts with, like, the flaps and the snaps and the things like that. I had all of that. I had two pairs of parachute pants, actually. Uh, and then the movies, like Breakin' and Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo and Street Beat and Crush Groove, which was my favorite. Crush Groove was, was my favorite. It was huge. Uh, and then, of course, you can't forget what? The dancing. All of the dancing. 
popping and locking and breaking and, and all of that. Yeah, I did that too. That was not the strongest of all the various factors in rap and hip-hop that I, uh, you know, adhered to. But I did get fairly decent at popping and locking and stuff like that. Everything else kind of left to the people who were better at, you know, head, head spinning and things like that on the floor. Um, but of course for me, you know, as always, it's the music, right? But the thing about this week is that it isn't just about the music. As you can see, this is not just an album called Breakdance and then it has a bunch of songs. It is an instructional dance album. By far not the first. Uh, I looked this up. There have been instructional dance albums since LPs have existed, really, or close to that. Um, but it was, you know, and it wasn't the only breakdancing instructional album either. But it's the one I have, so it's the one we're discussing, right? So this is like many other KTEL albums in which you've got this song and a few of the songs, quite a few, or maybe half of the songs on the first side, which they had the money to get licensing for, right? So this is Grandmaster Flash and Furious Five doing all this uh, mixing with some very big songs like Good Times by Sheik and Another One Bites the Dust and Rapture by Blondie, you know, and all of that. And then you have a song by the Daz Band, huge band back then and stuff. But then you have cover songs of popular songs. So Tour de France was a Kraftwerk song that was very influential, but the band called Ten Speed did a cover of it, apparently. And then the whole side two is is two two things. The side one's just the music. So if you already knew the dances or whatever, you could use that music and dance to it. Side two was A, it was all this band, except for one called Alex and the City Crew. So it was, I guess, people they hired or maybe they already existed to put together songs that combined the song itself with instructional rap. So uh, I haven't checked out Side 2 recently, but I do. The link that I provided plays the entire album, and I believe what it is is the songs, but people talking and saying, do this, do this, do this. And that's what makes this album special, and not just KTEL special, but special beyond that, because it actually is attempting to give you instruction on how to, you know, break dance and do all the various kinds of dances. There's even a companion book, and I believe there was a companion VHS uh, tape, so you got the whole package, and included in that whole package, yes, well, I'm not going to even show you that yet. Check it out. A glossary of terms. Screenshot this so you can read them. It had some very important words like bike, dog, homeboy, homegirl, in case you aren't sure what the definitions of those were, which maybe back then you might not have been. I don't know. Maybe you don't know right now what bike means to steal, right? Um, and the book was written by this guy, Michael Holman, who was famous for writing the screenplay to the Basquiat movie. He actually knew Basquiat, and he was in that culture and everything, and kind of had a big hand in trying to propagate uh, street culture and this kind of stuff. Um, you know, so it was interesting to me that he was a part of this project. But, you know, get ready. That's right, that's right. This is a poster with step-by-step -step photos of how to do 
What do they say? Electric boogie, body popping, moonwalking, top rocking, footwork, and head spin. So, I mean, I mean, is all you need, right? Just look at the pictures and do the steps, and you know, it does have a, a per, uh, an advisory saying if you've got any injuries or any physical issues, you know, be careful or check with the doctor first. It's incredible the thoroughness of all of this in an LP form. Uh, it, it it defines breakdancing in this huge paragraph right here. Screenshot that if you want. And then it has a more expanded glossary of terms. Again, take a screenshot, which, you know, is even more helpful. That's, you know, you see the album cover in the store, you can get maybe five or six terms. You have to buy the whole thing to get all of the, you know, things like not just bite or chill or dog or homeboy, but fresh. It's worth the money to, uh, to get the definition of fresh and to see the example sentence. The new Mercedes Compact is fresh. I want that record with the fresh beats. I mean, now that you put it in context, yeah, it makes so much more sense, right? But also jerk and max out, squiggly, uprock, whack, whack, word. Some of these became extremely popular, like whack and word and stuff like that. Squiggly, I didn't know until I read this. Apparently it means nerdy, unhip, or unattractive. And maybe people were saying it behind my back. I don't know. But this is just incredible to me how thorough this was. And, you know, there's a reason for that. First of all, it was huge back then. And um, not that it's not huge now. I mean, we had no idea back then that it would become not just huger and huger, but the dominant form of music in, in you know, the, on the charts and, and beyond. Um, you know, and of course it was capitalizing on, you know, on the hugeness of the trend, which at the time I'm sure a lot of people thought it would just die out. I heard, I know I heard that from a lot of friends and relatives who didn't know any better. Um, but the people like us who loved it understood that this was not going anywhere and was probably only going to get bigger and better, which of course it did. Um, but what was one of the interesting things to me about this album is like anything pre-internet, and pre, really not just pre-internet, but frankly, pre-YouTube, like YouTube, you had to go out and buy something to figure out how to do something. You couldn't go on to YouTube and figure out how to fix your plumbing issue for free with detailed instructions, etc., etc. Or if you prefer text, which I tend to do, you can find it somewhere else online. All of the instructions you need for almost any damn thing in the world including, of course, dancing, and you could find instructional dance videos, and uh, we do free yoga videos on YouTube all the time. But back then, you had to, if you didn't know somebody, which you probably didn't unless you grew up in the, in the city, and honestly, certain parts of the city, then you had to buy it. You had to find it in other ways. And obviously, it was uh, me or my brother, perhaps, were interested enough in learning how to break dance to buy this album. And use it. I honestly, I don't remember using it, and I, and, and I don't remember most of these songs, um, which is one of the reasons I'm getting a kick out of listening to all of this again. But that's, that was, again, one of the amazing things to me about this is remembering, uh, and I mean, look, most of my life has been spent pre-internet, at least up till this point, although that may change very soon, or maybe it's about half and half. But, um, you know, remembering at the time when you couldn't just push a button and find some information out, you had to go seek it out, and unless it was in a library, pay money for it. Um, you know, um, checking my notes here. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, those, those are kind of the main, the main points about all of this. It was, like I said, part of a, part of a trend 
that grew into world domination. And to see kind of the nascent, you know, versions of things like this, which I'm going to show you one more time because you got to get a kick out of this. And do me a favor. Somebody can look up who Lil Lep is. Can you do that and put it in the comments and let me know? Because I haven't looked that up yet. I have no idea. And that's not the only place it is on there. And I want to know who that is or what it is. Um, and if you can find a photo of this entire thing, which you might be able to, please do. Because it's absolutely incredible. Uh... And uh, as far as, you know, how this has influenced my music, I've said it before, um, I have done a lot of hip-hop, which, by the way, I will say again, and I think I might have said this in my Run DMC, uh, you know, episode, but it bears repeating, hip-hop was a phrase that, although it had been around since the 70s, it, hadn't, it didn't hit the mainstream until really mid to, honestly, late 80s, and People didn't start using it regularly to describe rap music, I, I remember, until the 90s, really, the early 90s, maybe mid-90s. They were interchangeable rap, hip-hop, for a really long time. And although, yeah, sure, you can use rap now and say that's rap, no one really uses rap anymore. They all use hip-hop. And 30 to 35 to 40 years ago, it was vice versa. It was only really rap that was used to define, their, to describe this type of music, this genre of music. So anyway, I have done several uh, rap, hip-hop songs since uh, the 80s. Um, periodically, I will do some again in my latest releases. I've done uh, two full hip-hop songs and other songs that have some form of that in it and other songs that don't but have been influenced by the production of it. And uh, I think the one that best fits what we're listening to here is a song called I Took One For Me. Kind of has a feel... I would say not straight up 80s feel, but it but it does harken a little bit back to that. So as always, uh, please read the alternative text. Please click the link on the YouTube version of what you're listening to now on my Victrola. Please click the link to my song, listen to it, share it, what have you. Uh, please subscribe. Please uh, go to my YouTube page, Nick uh, um, Yeah, that, and subscribe. You are there. Sorry. Go also go to my Facebook page if you're on Facebook, Nick Dottomatio, and um, either friend me or uh, just check in every now and then because I'm doing live shows every single week, uh, usually three times a week, and would love to have you there and would love suggestions, would love requests. Uh, thank you, as always for listening, for watching, for reading, for clicking, for sharing, for subscribing, for commenting, for answering questions such as, have you ever tried to break dance in any form? And if so, send me a video of it. I want to see it. If you send me your video, I'll send you mine. How about that? Uh, or what connection do you have at all to any of this culture, to early rap, to hip hop? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you have favorite artists? Do you remember who this is? No, this is not Herbie Hancock. This is BT and the City Slickers, a cover version, because they couldn't afford the original, but more power to them. I mean, they've actually put together a pretty cool, you know, mix, and you couldn't, you couldn't uh, break, or pop at least, that back then without using this song at least once, so it kind of makes sense. Uh, anyway, please thank you, uh, comment, because, uh, you know, and, and tell me whatever is on your mind and in your heart, because as always, along with music being the thing here, what's important is conversation and connection. Thank you, and I will see you uh, again probably in two weeks, because next week's going to be a little busy. Uh, take care. 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 